Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. So you have uh, these writers that, for the most part, are probably beat writers or columnists or whatever. And they live in the city they live in. So based on the city they live in, it's probably based on what they normally see a lot of outside of the national games. Now, you would assume that if they're beat writers, uh, they're at the game, right? So they don't get the... Uh, the, the ability to have, uh, you know, the ticket, uh, right? The NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, now, the nice thing is they could. They could have it up on YouTube right there on their laptop and, and watching it there. But again, they're there to cover the team uh, that they're assigned to. So they don't have time to be watching every game in the NFL every week. So what happens? You are kind of stuck with watching the highlight shows, watching NFL Network, Right. Uh, and seeing the recap uh, at night on NFL Network with Rich Eisen, uh, and or watching Sunday Night Football's broadcast uh, during the Sunday Night Football game, the lead up, uh, and then maybe the halftime or whatever, uh, and you're watching that, or you're catching highlights on your phone, on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you are on social media, Facebook, you have that, and then you're also able to read, you know, stories on different games from different writers around the country in your time. But these people do not have time to watch. I'm telling you right now, they are not watching every single game of every single week, first through fourth quarter, breaking it down and seeing who's better than who and all of this stuff. They're they're just not doing that. And a lot of it is through perception. This is what we do know. We do know that C.J. Stroud was a hot name from the word go all year long, partly because of draft position, not going one, Going to the Texans. Partly because he was just that damn good. He also was doing it with a no-name receiving core uh, with the Houston Texans. Also didn't have necessarily a great running back situation by any stretch of the imagination. And they were able to make it go. Now that Texans team, I would imagine, was projected to win probably four games, five games, if that, uh, last year. He turns them into a playoff caliber uh, football team. Uh, 
because of him and how good he was in his rookie year. So he got a lot of love. So you knew he would get something. And he did get four fifth place votes. Matthew Stafford, again, dinged up, so forth. I don't think I would have voted a single vote for Matthew Stafford myself. Um, But that's just me. Patrick Mahomes is always going to get votes. This year, he didn't have necessarily a Patrick Mahomes type year. Uh, And as I've said before, and I'll say again, a lot of these quarterbacks that lose their offensive coordinators that they've had for a while, when they leave, there always tends to be like a half step back for whatever the case may be because of play calling usually. Uh, game planning, getting into the rhythm of you and the play caller. Um, so there, there's always that type of stuff. And with Mahomes, I don't know if you heard the report, but apparently Eric Bieniemy was physically in the meetings leading up to that game, um, to the AFC Championship game. He was physically in the meetings with the Chiefs helping them out. So... That tells you how much they really missed Eric Bieniemy, just how bad Nagy is in general as a coordinator, coach, whatever. Um, so he obviously missed him uh, somewhat. Uh, and that wide receiving core wasn't that good, right? Rasheen Rice, rookie wide receiver, he played well. Outside of that, the rest of those guys never really worked out. Kadarius Tony, the, the Giants moved on from. The Chiefs took a gamble on him. He hasn't panned out to where he was drafted uh, based on potential. MVS is MVS. Probably could argue he had better better years in Green Bay than he's had with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, Kelsey obviously is really good, but he was kind of providing a sideshow to that whole organization by the whole Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, and there were a couple of weeks there where he wasn't even uh, doing all that well for him. So you had that going on with Patrick Mahomes. So obviously he gets dinged there. Not surprising. Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, should have got way more than 14 damn uh 14 uh, total, uh, let's see, he had f- 14 fifth-place votes, nine fourth-place votes, six third-place votes, two second-place votes, not a single first-place vote. Tyreek Hill was the offense for the Miami Dolphins. We can talk about Jalen Waddle and two and all that. No, Tyreek Hill should have been a top-three MVP person, in my mind. Top three, by far. He, to me, you know, you can have Lamar Jackson one, you can have McCaffrey two, and then it should be Tyreek Hill over Dak Prescott. My personal opinion. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And then you have Josh Allen, again, didn't have the, uh, a typical high, you know, great year necessarily for Josh Allen, especially in the first half. Uh, Brock Purdy, we all know the debates about Brock Purdy uh, going into the Super Bowl about whether or not people think he's a game manager or is he legitimately this good. Uh, McCaffrey's a stud. Prescott is Dak Prescott, does what he does. Um, and McCarthy and him, you know, put together a good statistical year that ended poorly. But again, this is what it is. It's a regular season award, remember. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson, again, same thing, regular season award. Uh, and he was outstanding during the regular season. Now, should Jordan Love have been in the mix of all of that? I think Jordan Love deserved at least a couple of fifth place votes uh, at the end of the day. The problem is he had a stretch where he was horrible. 
a, a good side stretch where he and the Packers were horrible. Were literally, they would come on the field and you'd be like, please just get a first down. In first half of games, especially. They were horrible. It was 1-2-3 punt, 1-2-3 punt, 1-2-3 punt, turnover, whatever. They were bad for a stretch. Now, large chunk, the second half of the season, obviously, he played really, really well. And you could argue he might have been the best quarterback in football in the last you know seven or eight weeks of the season. He might have been the best quarterback. But how far does that get you? And because it's a regular season award, and because it came down to the very end of the season, people had already made up their mind that they weren't voting for Jordan Love because it didn't look like his team was going to be a playoff team, didn't even know if his team was going to be a 500 team. So they had already cast Jordan Love aside. But he definitely deserved some fifth-place votes, if nothing else. Even if it wasn't going to be a first-place vote or a second-place vote or a third-place vote, fine. I told you the top three. But once you get through the top three, um, in my top three, right, uh, and then it's, you know, there's Purdy there in the top five. Josh Allen could be there. Mahomes got a couple of votes. Stafford got two fourth place votes, which I don't get. Stroud got four fifth place votes. If Stroud got four fifth place votes, I think you could argue that Jordan Love should have been somewhere in that same realm. But, but this also means, in case you're not paying attention, and I don't know exactly every voter, but I would assume somebody's representing Green Bay. That means the person that also, also voting there also did not vote for the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in their voting sequence that they had. Whoever is covering this area did not vote for Jordan Love. So that's something else to consider. And again, I'm not seeing the list of who voted for this thing one way or the other, but normally uh, for all these other awards, there's a writer from whatever team it is. So, so say it's a Brewers writer or there's a Bucks writer or Packers writer normally gets to vote um, for these different type of awards. Somebody may get MVP, somebody may get Offensive Player of the Year to vote for, whatever. Somebody may get Comeback Player of the Year, but it's it's separated up and divided. Usually it's not one person voting for all of them. But either way, whoever had the vote for this clearly did not put Jordan Love in the top five. So his own guy uh, or girl, whoever got the vote, uh, didn't vote for him either. So that also uh, probably not great. I never thought personally that while watching Jordan Love this year, oh yeah, he's an MVP type player. I I I never even considered him for the MVP. But when you see the votes and how it all played out, then I mean I get it. I get why people would be upset that he didn't get votes. I, I'm I'm more flabbergasted by the fact that LaFleur didn't get more votes than he got for coach of the year. To me, the job that that dude did, and again, that's not take away from Stefanski in Cleveland and the job he did, because he <laughs> I mean, what he was able to do with Joe Flacco? Come on, man. I mean, that was amazing, the job that they were able to pull off in Cleveland. So not saying Stefanski, you know, didn't deserve it or whatever the case may be. Uh, And D'Amico Ryans with the Texans, you could argue he should have won it based on what he had and expectations were of that franchise and so forth. Uh, But everything LaFleur went through this season, man, definitely thought he would add more votes for that award um, at the end of the day than he actually uh, did. I'll take a quick timeout and come back on the other side. Uh, and by the way, I should tell you here, Coach of the Year uh, voting results. I do have those here as well. Uh, 165 votes. D'Amico Ryan's 165. Tiebreaker went to more first-place votes. Stefanski had one more first-place vote uh, than D'Amico Ryan's. And then you go down the list. Matt LaFleur had two third-place votes. That's all he got uh, at the end of the day. You got Todd Bowles uh, had one vote. Mike McDaniel, one vote. Sean McDermott, one vote. 
Shane Steichen had four third-place votes. That seems crazy to me because that man took the Colts, made them a playoff-caliber team with Minshew as the starting quarterback, a guy that came in was supposed to be the backup quarterback like he's been a majority of his career and then made them a playoff-caliber team. I think you could argue he should have had more than four third-place votes at the end of the day. Uh, but either way, so uh, that, that those are the results. A third place, by the way, was Dan Campbell with 33 Kyle Shanahan and John Harbaugh each had 26 votes, 26 points, and then Sean McVay had 21, and then the drop-off to Tomlin with five, Steichen four, LaFleur two, and then Bowles, McDaniel, and McDermott uh, with one. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. I, I want to quickly talk about uh, Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame class that's going in, and next year's class just a little bit, and then we'll get to the mock draft. That's up next. Kurt and Long, download it on your Odyssey app or every you download your favorite podcast app.